Hey there, if you would like ad-free and early versions of these episodes, as well as bonus episodes, movie club episodes, and lots more, head on over to patreon.com slash Craig and Friends. Make believe is not pretend, we might be on the mend, it never starts, it never ends, welcome to Craig and Friends, welcome to Craig and Friends, welcome to Hello, my name is Darian Darling. <laughs> Perfect. Eternally 29. <laughs> so you're 29. We're here. T- eternally 29. That's what Amanda <laughs> Laporte told me, and I'm sticking to it. I think that's a, a good move if Amanda Laporte tells you something. Yeah. To stick right to it. So well, I turned known- 40 in on in April of 2020, and I was oh. planning this like huge party. <laughs> really was great I'm laughing with you by the way. Um, thank you it's funny now yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so she said that since because of the pandemic you're eternally 29 and I was like great listen that's right we have, we have to make it work we have to make the pandemic aka bus strike uh, is what I'm trying to call because the word we're so sick of it <sighs> bus strike it, it's yeah it's mundane but it's yeah it's it's a lot it's torture <laughs> as you said earlier it's a miracle that any of us are still alive yes existing is exhausting for yeah. that long <laughs> that's right and that's copyright yeah right t-shirt branded yeah <laughs> look for the merch soon yeah. hot merch drop limited edition yes <laughs> <laughs> and you've worked on a lot of limited edition stuff for trixie right yes yeah so many makeup things she's like her makeup line is just like taken off like yeah selling like hotcakes her fans are like so rabid for like anything everything all of it and yeah it's so fun she puts like so much thought and care into the whole aesthetic of it the packaging the products like it's so great and our aesthetics um definitely blend well together oh absolutely (laughs) yeah it's kind of a perfect perfect match (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, you had to convince trixie to get into pink though that was Uh, it's like such it's like pulling teeth (laughs) i know it's so like you know what we could use more of pink and hearts (laughs) (laughs) i don't know darian i don't know yeah she's very into she's very into the beige and earth tones Yeah. yeah. But you did a lot you've done a lot for to help her out of that, which yeah. I appreciate. <laughs> her fans do too. No, she's yeah. amazing. The wood panel basement set didn't do quite well, but that was early on in the line. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, you know, and I have an intro for you. And I always do the intro a little bit late in the show. So oh, this okay, is a great. perfect time actually. Dear listeners, on this episode, I am thrilled to present you the Queen of Glamour, an expert on blonde ambition and Hollywood legends, folklore, and traditions. You may know her from The Precious Empire, her work with Trixie Mattel, as we just mentioned, and the brilliant makeup and styling for the likes of Jake Wesley Rogers, Justin Tranter, and the Lady Gaga, or also as a legend in the New York City nightlife and brunch time scene, so time now to get on top with the magic, the mystery, and the majesty of the fabulous Darian Darling. Oh my god, that was Lovely. The queen of brunch. Yes. That's the queen of brunch. Branches. <laughs> brunch was my brand for many years. How did that start? How did the brunch brand start? Um, well, I always loved brunch. And in New York, I don't know, it was like the first time I'd ever been to an all-you-can-drink brunch mm. was in New York. <laughs> yeah. And I think like 2004 or five, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And there was just like one place that did it on like the... I want to say in Hell's Kitchen, but before it was like super gay. Oh, okay. So like not a lot of people went to Hell's Kitchen. What was Hell's Kitchen like then? 
It was kind of just like Broadway, like theater district just moved up a skosh. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like a lot of Broadway people, but it wasn't like, you know, Chelsea kind of moved up. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, but there was this one dump called Film Center Cafe <laughs> that didn't all you can drink brunch. And literally, they would not kick you out. You could just stay for hours. And they would just bring you like bottles of champagne to the wow. table. And it's like, I, you know... No one drives in New York, so right. it's not like there was like a drinking and driving issue or anything like that. So slowly but surely, New York City really started to like milk this whole bottomless brunch thing. Yeah. So there was like many establishments all over town that I would frequent and be a regular at. And then um, finally, you know, you made it when they start paying you to show up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Hang in there. And... So getting paid to eat and drink and be a terror during the day for free. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. And then, so that wasn't that long after you got to New York, right? Um, well, I moved to New York in 2002 uh-huh. and was just working retail makeup and doing makeup freelance um, and going out, but I wasn't really like a nightlife persona or anything yet and yet until like 2006, 2007. And then it really didn't start taking off until, cause I still had a day job. So it wasn't like, sure. You know, it's a little tricky. Um, and- yeah. So it wasn't until like 2008 when I finally like stopped the day job mm-hmm. and we could focus, you know, on my nightlife, <laughs> my busy nightlife schedule yeah. as a way to make real money. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And it was real money, or it is real money, when you're in that yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, totally. And it's fun. I mean, yes. <laughs> it can we're be an encur- We're trying to slog. encourage people, okay? We're trying, <laughs> like, we're trying to make things seem uh, oh, a little yes, bit better. Oh, yes, it's just so glamorous. <laughs> no, it's like with anything. Like, yes, yeah, no, it can exactly. be very glamorous and also can be like... A major chore because yeah. there's a lot of annoying drunk people that just want to like, like hang and yeah. you know spit in your face and you know not violently spit in your yes, face, but just, just t- screaming at you because you're in a club. Yeah, and they spittle, spittle, spittle. Yeah, like, exactly. Ugh. They're unaware of how like Disgusting. they can't modulate their volume. No. That's all gone. Yeah, yeah, because booze does interesting things to and the way, well, <laughs> and how you hear things as yeah. well. Like I, I think every drug does. That's why a lot of seventies records have that super tinny mm. thing going on because they're like, I can't hear the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear this over my sniffling. Yeah, <laughs> and it like kills the high frequencies. I think so. I think ketamine might in- infuriate tinnitus. Although I wouldn't know anything oh, about that, of course. But no. Uh, in New York, where was the place that you were doing the brunches? Uh, the brunch that I worked at was at this hotel on like 42nd Street and like 11th Avenue called Yotel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and it was like an Asian fusion kind of place. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was all you can drink and eat. Oh, that's crazy. So this is money laundering. Crazy. <laughs> and- who can say? <laughs> but um, it was really fun. So I was just had a table there yeah. and got paid to show up and like bring people and all, just everyone wanted to come. So I'd have a table of like 45 people. Amazing. But then it got kind of annoying because, you know, everyone's wasted and then would leave drunk without paying. <laughs> um, so I didn't really realize that it was part of my job was to like get the money from everyone before they left. (laughs) So then I kind of had to like be cognizant enough 
to like police people yeah. <laughs> in case they were trying to dine and ditch, which you, no one ever did it like on purpose, but you know. You get carried away and- fucking bottomless <laughs> brunch for, you know, four hours. Yeah. And day drinking is a specific thing too. because It's you, a sport. It is. It is. Do you have any recommendations for people to sort of carry on through the day? Uh, nothing legal. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It's like the 70s sort of approach. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, So it was Yotel. Did you do the brunch thing anywhere else or was it strictly Yotel? No, it was just that. I tried to do some other brunch things, but like none of them really took off. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of outgrew it. Like I still love brunch, but you know, now I'm respectable. I live in LA. I'm in bed by nine. Like I like, you know, a 10 p.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m. brunch with like two cocktails and not like. Pictures, (laughs) pictures, and pictures, and pictures. I mean, it was it was wild. They would just bring like platters of food. Oh, okay. Flop it down. It's like family style. They're just like pictures, pictures, (laughs) pictures. I mean, people were hanging from the. I mean, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Very. It was a wild. It was a wild scene. And there was like different performances and like weird shit that happened. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was cool. And then at the same time, you were starting to do the nightlife stuff. I was doing lots of nightlife. yeah, around that time, I was really busy in nightlife. I think I was doing like six parties in like four days, like with Suzanne Barsh. Mm. And I worked at The Box, which is a very storied um, cabaret. What's a, the background on that for folks who don't maybe have the familiarity? It's a club in the Lower East Side that's very exclusive, very hard to get into, um, that does like um, shock rock, like performance art uh, so it's kind of like Cirque du Soleil meets Jim Rose Circus. Perfect. <laughs> so there's some beauty and some terror. Terror. <laughs> yeah. But I can't talk about it too much because I think when I got hired, I had to sign an NDA. <laughs> so I can't go into too much detail. I think that gives the perfect broad stroke for anyone but interested. But it's uh, yeah. very storied. Yes, indeed. Suzanne Barsh, when did you meet Suzanne Barsh? Suzanne Barsh, well, I was... Um, when I worked in New York uh, for Mac, I worked mm-hmm. at the Mac Pro showroom, which was a place just for like makeup artists and people in the industry to shop for the brand. So mm-hmm. like wasn't on the street, was on the second floor of an office building. So you had to know where it was to go there. Sure. Um, but all the nightlife people shopped there yeah. because, you know, it was the cool place. Yeah. Uh, so I, that's how I kind of met everyone was through that. And then also going out and going to Suzanne Barsh parties. Um do you remember the first one that you went to? I think it was Happy Valley, mm-hmm. which was, I think, 2005, 2006 era, I want to say. Um, and the DJ booth was like a giant disco ball. And mm. Jeremy Scott, I think, designed like the space. So there was like over the bar was like big legs, like spread eagle with oh, like fishnets yeah. and dancing in cage people dancing in cages and um yeah that was that was a really fun party mm. it's pretty cool and there was like kind of like a telescoping staircase that people would dance on that kind of like started the ground and then kind of went up and up and like different platforms going up and up and up and up and up um yeah it was pretty wild kind of everyone went there yeah but my first party that i actually worked for her as a 
host or promoter, or I don't know, whatever you want to call it, personality, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was on top, which she did at the Standard Hotel, mm. uh, which is still going on to this day. Yes, last time I was in New York. I mean, my God, like, it was so fun. But yeah. I mean, I've done enough parties to know that, like, the long, the shelf life of these things yeah. is, you know, tough to, like... It is. But that party is just like going strong. I think because it's like on the rooftop, um, there's a really great like panoramic view of like the city. Yeah. Um, there's like a jacuzzi instead of a dance floor in the summer, which is like a smoothie of excretions. <laughs> I've seen so many disgusting acts happening in there. <laughs> yeah. I only went into it once, uh, not by choice, but because Suzanne made me <laughs> for a photo shoot for like promo uh-huh. for it. And I was literally like sick for a week after. <laughs> <laughs> but then bulletproof, right? For years. Bullet- everything yeah. was. Yeah. Oh, nothing. It was like, yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. Totally. Subway train. I mean, I've seen yeah. people go in in a black bathing suit and it comes out light blue. Oof. I mean, it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> so look forward to that because, you know, this yeah. is the winter. Make your plans for your trips. Yeah. yeah. And, I'll, and I also think, too, like, uh, it only happens, like, spring to fall, too. Oh, so, right. So, like, there's a break, so then people want it back again. You I think know? that's key for anything. Like, the weekly Oh, my God, weekly. Party is just... Ugh. I know. Like, you, it's, you can't... It's hard to keep that momentum going. It is. And after a certain point, it's like... It's literally like the same thing over and over and over and over again. It's like the same sad sacks, the same this, the same that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. A weekly is very tricky. I don't uh, know how anyone does that. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I can't imagine working in nightlife ever again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. Like nightlife has a certain allure and it's great for a certain amount of time. Oh, my God. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I wanted, I remember being, you know, a tween. Um, and watching, you know, all the talk shows in the '90s and seeing all the club kids on, and sure. being like, "Oh my God, who are these people? What is yeah. this like life? I want to move to New York and be f- famous for being fabulous because I said so." You know what I mean? <laughs> um, Which worked out, and it did. I fucking did it. <laughs> I mean, thank you. No there you go. There you go. Um, yeah. so yeah, I always wanted to do it, and I was very happy and grateful that you know I was plucked to be one of these like New York glitterati personalities. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but there's a shelf life on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which part of the reason why I moved to LA, kind of reinvent yourself a little yeah. bit. And, you know, I la- enjoy sleeping. <laughs> 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 but it's like, my God, that schedule. I mean, just going out at midnight. Right. Right. Just arriving. Yeah. And that's early. I mean, I'm in bed by like 9.30, tops now. What's the latest you've stayed out in the last two years? Well, wait, wait. That, hold on. Scratch that. Forget the two years thing. Since you moved to LA, the last two years doesn't mean anything. Oh, it's the like, last two years? What the? Uh, the blur. Yeah, you know, blur. it's a, a blur. And sometimes you're like, I think I went to bed at four. And you're not sure PM, AM. What's my name? I yeah, don't know. No, exactly right. Everything's a blur. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think I've had a couple house party nights that have been like a 2 a.m. or okay yeah but that's, that's reasonable that's yeah now, it wasn't next, like a yeah you know sunrise moment <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah or like 10 a.m god forbid yeah well because when you hit the 10 a.m you're Ugh, like oh scram. well 
I'm too old for that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a certain horror that hits the system when you see dawn arriving yeah. and you're like, there's no way I'm going to bed. Not that I'm doing anything illegal, but geez. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's good the hiking. You know, you're in the middle of that oh, hike yeah. mm-hmm. and that's what it is. You mm-hmm. get that adrenaline rush. Yes. You know, the natural runner's high. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> it's like I'm so fresh and perky in the yeah. morning. <laughs> it's all the jogging. Yeah. That's that that's the thing. It's all that hiking. <laughs> well, we each have our own mm-hmm. thing. But did you ever have a moment where you looked around and you were like I am. I'm fucking over this. Oh, yeah, for years, <laughs> four years, and I think the catalyst for me was I was at a, the box, and there was this kid talking to me, and a Blondie song was playing, and I said something about Debbie Harry or Blondie or something, and. He didn't know who that was. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go hide in the bathroom now. <laughs> that I used to go hide in the bathroom. Did you have a favorite stall? Mm-hmm. I had Which a regular one? stall. <laughs> the one at the very far end. That's, <laughs> the last yeah. stall. Yeah. The last stall on the left. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. But I would West literally, I literally yeah. would um, sometimes just go hide in the bathroom for like half hour just wow. to like get away. <laughs> yeah. It can be a lot. These, yeah. Was, I don't know. I... For working in nightlife for so long, yeah, I do have social anxiety. <laughs> sure, it's a strange thing. Um, that can, and yeah, it can I'm go like hand an in introverted hand. extrovert, right? So a lot of people look at me or like think of my persona, like on the internet or whatever, thinking I'm this really wild, crazy, extra person. But I'm like, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I have my moments, but <laughs> I'm pretty reserved and like pretty like chill and kind of like. I mean, some people might, some of my friends will be like, are you crazy? <laughs> but I So some of them are listening I'm right pretty, now being like, what, what is, what she, is talking she talking about? about? <laughs> this crazy whore. Um, yeah, but so, you know, you have to, I have to drink a lot of champagne to get like loose. Yeah, sure. You know, which yeah. then becomes an occupational hazard because then you're always, you know, doing something. Well, true. Did you ever have a moment where you were like, hey, I don't know, maybe I'm... Yeah, I was pretty good about it, though. Um, me and my friend, Tommy Hotpants, we were kind of like a rock and roll, like Barbie and Ken nightlife duo in New York. Yeah. Uh, we worked a lot of the same parties together. Um, we would try to like take breaks every now and again, just to prove that we weren't like total like <laughs> addict messes. <laughs> right. So like two or three months without like drinking or anything and um yeah. just very proud of ourselves <laughs> but still working in nightlife which is even more of a chore because then you really realize like what a hot mess everyone else is well sure yeah you, and then you can also realize how fucked up everyone is yeah it's like wild and then the spittle the spittle, spittle in your face. <laughs> yeah. you don't have that same like deadness of the nerve <laughs> right in the shield the face shield yeah you're completely yeah. stone sober yeah, yeah. <laughs> god um it's funny because when I did video drum, I I used to drink and then didn't, and then I never did the video drum like sober. On, yeah, uh, no, I I was only sober. Oh 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 oh. I never because oh. I stopped drinking like fourteen, fifteen years ago or oh, something. Wow. I mean, I do other things, but I never sure. did that. Well, I, now I have, but the first couple of years, and it was funny because you really do notice. Oh, it can put you off people. One hundred percent. Oh my god. I mean, I. I am an introverted extrovert or whatever. I think that's. I right? think that's right. And I think extroverted I share introvert. this. I share but like, this. Uh, I need same... like recharge time. I need alone oh time. God, I need yes. me time. I need all of that. So like working in nightlife for me, I mean, really zapped a lot of my like 
Because then, you know, no one wants to go to a club with some asshole. <laughs> right, who's like, like grouchy. Grouchy, I mean, they exist. <laughs> well, don't don't oh, get me wrong. Yes, I won't well, mention any names. <laughs> Until after the show. Um, yeah. Then we'll, yes. But, um, you know, I'm from more, more of like the Amanda Lepore, Diane Brill school of like, people are coming to like see you. You should be gracious. You should be like, oh, thank you for coming, la, la, la. Even if you can't stand them. Yes. You know. <laughs> And you like should be nice. sort of effusive and, and grand. Maybe fake, but, you know. <laughs> doesn't matter. Cordial. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. matter. Actors don't always feel the way right. that they do on stage, but, right? But, you know, you should be like, people are coming out to like see you or hang out with you or drink all your bottle service. <laughs> that was, yeah, that because that was my era of New York. I was like the bottle service era, which wasn't like as, you know, exciting as it was in like the 70s or the 80s or sure. the 90s, you know. Yeah. Like, it's Sex in the City ruined New York. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it kind of inspired like a whole um, type of person to want to move to New York and have oh. this like fabulous like Carrie Bradshaw lifestyle with like Cosmos and like yeah. teetering around the meatpacking district in Manolo's, <laughs> like with your fat boyfriend or whatever, which, you know, there was an element of that in New York, but yeah. not like it, that's all it was. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. And then after 9-11, and because I remember I moved to New York in 2002, and the I mean, the clubs were so strict. You basically got like a body cavity search before going into them. I mean, they were so looking for like drugs, for anything. Like it was, They were looking for drugs? That's disappointing. I know. <laughs> you know, seriously, because you yeah. think, okay, you want to look for weapons. You want to look for bombs. Oh, they were, yeah. Cool. Leave the drugs out of it. You know what I mean? Right. It's New York. It's like, come on, really? Yeah. They, and the same place 30 years before, people were openly doing them on the bar. Oh, yeah. I mean. Off appendages. Yes, exactly. The way it should be done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Oh, uh, uh, that's a good question. We'll wind back. No, we were talking about you getting there and it was sort of, it was just post 9 11. Oh, post 9 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The vibe was a little was, muted. Yeah, it was a little muted. But then, like, as the aughts slowly started progressing, you know, there was like more and more fabulous things. And I think, too, I was so new in New York. I didn't know where all like the really fun places were, but then I started going to like Kenny Kenny parties and there's this party plaid that was really fun mm. in like Union Square. I've heard a lot about plaid. Yeah, it was fun. It yeah. was like so, so fun. I saw RuPaul uh, perform there because mm-hmm. um, it was like post uh, supermodel, but like pre drag race. Oh, sure. So she was like doing club dates. Right. Yeah. Which was kind of so exciting. Oh, well, totally. To see her, like, because <clears throat> not many people see her that close. Oh, yeah. You know. Exactly. And right? also such an icon that I imagine made an impression on you very seriously at Growing the time, Growing up, right? yeah, because there wasn't a lot of, like, that kind of representation. I mean, you know, she's drag queen. She's not, like, trans or anything. But, but still. There wasn't, like. But she was everywhere, though. Yeah. I mean, and, like, the face of Mac and, like, right. you know. Right. It was really groundbreaking to have, like, a drag queen is the spokesperson of a makeup campaign which is why i started working for the brand and like gone into makeup and yeah yeah but yeah it was so pretty and so nice and the message her messaging was all about like love and like inclusivity at that time so it was yeah. like it was yeah she's pretty cool back back in the day not it, that she's not cool now, but, <laughs> you know yeah yeah you're gonna just rip her no. yeah. <laughs> growing up that was in san francisco mm-hmm. right yeah, I grew up in the Bay Area. I uh, 
went to a high school for kids that didn't fit in, mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> which was really cool. It was like founded by hippies in the 60s and it was kind of like a safe haven for like all the kids would have gotten tormented in like regular like public schools or sure. even private schools. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it was very countercultural. It was very progressive. It was very political. Um you know, it was all like punk kids and goth kids and like ravers and like all the '90s countercultural like kids, and it was yeah. like this the best kids, the best kids, the most fun. Yeah. Uh, so that was really fun. I don't think I would have would be alive had I not gone to the school because it was also all about like inclusivity and like self expression and identity and being who you wanted and like yeah. without judgment. And you know, the principal was punk rock with a big mohawk and tattoos. Oh, wow. And every Friday was hair dyeing day and she'd like shave your head and diet leopard or um, <laughs> everyone smoked, like everyone smoked, everyone was pierced. Um, you know, we read like dystopian sci fi in our English class Amazing. and like learned about like, our U.S. studies class was like learning about the history of like sex crime in America, and like you know, <laughs> yeah, there was like a yoga class, and I learned how to read tarot cards. Oh like, my god, it was that's very am- amazing! <laughs> <laughs> I took like a past life regression course. You know what I mean? It was very, uh, <laughs> it was so fabulous. Yeah. Um, What's the name of the school? What well, when I went there, it was called Contra Costa Alternative School. Contra Costa was the county oh, okay. it was in, but now it's called Holden High School, mm-hmm. as in Catcher in the Rye. Which oh, sure. Was the orig- was the original name of the school in the sixties, but then they changed it for some reason. But there's like a whole um, coalition of alternative schools all around the country, um, like actual alternative schools. Yeah, it's not like that you know, prison camp that Paris Hilton went to that pretends that it's a school for, you know, yeah. kids that are troubled or whatever for right. whatever reason. Right. But really, it's like a fucking, you know, Locked prison down. camp. Yeah. But they sell you this thing, this story, which luckily I went to one that was actually like that. And like, you know, um, they had like counts- counselors that would like talk to you once a week and you yeah. talk about your problems or whatever and you go for coffee or like, you know, it was the 90s, so. Lots of coffee days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember going to coffee with one of the counselors at school. But I, he was one of those ones that was just sort of like doing, he's supposed to fill in the hour. So you're like, okay. Oh, no. my these, these were always so fun. Our drama productions were always like super avant-garde. We did um. <laughs> did you do like pork and stuff like that? <laughs> no, we did a lot of Charles Bush plays, though. We did oh, Vampire yeah. Lesbians of Sodom. We Amazing. did Psycho Beach Party, which both I played the leads. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but we did like a really 90s um, teen angst Gen X version of Alice in Wonderland, <laughs> where Alice is like a street kid that gets picked up um, it gets put into the psych ward and like gets pumped full of too much Thorazine and goes on this bad trip and then ODs at the end and like dies. But I played um, the Blood Red Queen and came out like on a gurney whipping these ca- cards, but like it was an amato- anatomical heart, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty. My like croquet was like a human skull and a pickaxe, <laughs> you know, it was very 90s. And it must have been like, oh my God, thank God after oh, the previous. So it was situation. so great. Yeah, I think um, you know, it was very queer. I think my junior year, uh, there was it was very small too. There's only like forty kids in the whole school. I think out of the forty kids, like thirty five of them identified somewhere on the LGBT spectrum, which was you know at the time pretty revolutionary to have like a school like that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, it was great and quite a relief. 
Oh my God, totally. So yeah, I don't think I would be as emotionally sane and balanced now had I <laughs> yeah. not gone to a school like that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. What was uh, growing up like in discovering queer stuff? Um, it was like, I, I, I didn't really have, like, I mean, okay. When I was four years old, I was just always knew who I was. Yeah. Always very like confident in myself. And I knew exactly who I was, knew exactly what I liked. My favorite movie when I was four years old was Victor Victoria. Go figure. I don't know <laughs> how I watched it. I don't know if my parents like rented it. I don't, because I think this is even before VCRs, but I remember watching it. I had no idea that there was some sort of like that she was like a woman pretending to be a drag queen. I had like, right. No, that was right over my head. I just thought it was like Julie Andrews and it was fabulous. Yeah. Um, but I remember thinking there was like a lot of the, the cabaret, like nightclub scenes with a lot of like, you know, um, people in drag and I'm assuming probably like trans people of the thirties at the time. Um, I was like, God, those women look kind of strange, <laughs> but I was, I'm into them. I'm into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's something alluring. Something alluring. <laughs> back at, there's something I can't put my finger on it, but well, um, plus the TVs back then, it was hard to really yes. sort out. Yeah, and then Leslie Ann Warren's character, who is kind of like that Jean Harlow vibe. Mm. I love um, her too. Oh, She's love! Just the but greatest. there's that scene where she walks out and she goes to um, James Garner. She goes, mm, "I'm horny," <laughs> but I was only four, so I thought her name was horny so then i would go around just (laughs) acting it out to my parents or whoever was over at the house "Mm, i'm horny i'm horny (laughs) (laughs) four years old (laughs) Uh, um rocky horror was like i think my the big foray into like my idea of what queer culture is yeah um you know really rock and roll glam rock gender bending like I went to Rocky Horror from like ages 12 to 15, I mm-hmm. want to say, like every weekend. Yeah. Um, and in middle school, you know, I went to middle school in like a pretty conservative area for the Bay Area. Not that, you know, it wasn't that conservative. Like my teacher was gay, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yeah. it wasn't like, but you know, just Comparatively, the, the attitude of the kids wasn't yeah. great, especially like, you know, me being like you know questioning my gender identity at that time and like who am i and like you know it's always very feminine so is that when that started around middle school when you were starting to work out mm-hmm. your gender identity yeah. well i mean it was always kind of like a constant at home but sure. like rocky horror seeing like that kind of very safe playground of like people that you know had no qualms about like dressing up or sure. doing any you know it's like anything goes yeah and i was so young and i befriended um two of the actors in the shadow cast who played frank and columbia and they were kind of like my mentors and my guides yeah and were like take me to the castro and like um introduced me to like movies and gay culture and like all that kind of stuff at a really young age because i never really liked hanging out with kids my own age because they kind of all sucked yeah i know (laughs) i always liked hanging out with older people because they were usually much nicer and could teach me something yeah you know they were interesting and i knew more than i did right and i'm even though i was a terrible student i'm really passionate about learning 
things that I'm interested in. Yes. <laughs> and learning about here. stuff. So, um, yeah, they were uh, really amazing mentors to have at that time in my life. And they would like come, they came to my like 13th birthday party. It was just like them and my parents. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But they totally became like family friends. And yeah, it was great. And you're such a huge devotee of history. Yes. Right? Yeah. Of the things that you love, which of course I, I'm sympathetic to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. We totally vibe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just love knowing trivia and I love knowing details and I love knowing like, yeah. why things are created, how they were created. Same here. You know? Yeah. It's important. Having reference and having knowledge and references like that, I think just makes you like it makes you smarter, especially if you're doing anything creative. Absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah. You're only as good as your references. I agree. And I find it depressing when people now when there is the uh ability to find out anything about anything oh the internet's made people dumber not smarter i, I, I can't it's how did that happen how did that happen it's crazy <laughs> it's so nuts it made me smarter yeah, well same here of course i mean but we you know we know how to use it i know it. how to google yeah <laughs> <laughs> not tiktok though you're not into tiktok i don't talk <laughs> no too old <laughs> <laughs> that's fine we all have our things we don't you know but no how did the internet make people dumber it, it boggles my mind shocking it really is because you, everything's there anything everything all of it i still get giddy every other day because like the other day i was like oh my god i can watch john lennon and yoko ono on dick cavett from 1971 yeah. the whole thing you could watch the emerald city that cable access show that had um vito russo and interviews with members of the cast of boys in the band wow. in the 70s when they were struggling with the perception of them being gay wow. that kind of, an interview with divine backstage at the neon woman right. and footage of the neon woman yeah i was watching all this going like i can't believe i'm so lucky that i get it's to so it's great that all this is like showing up and is like archived yeah i mean that's when youtube first hit the scene i was like oh this is great i knew that it was going to be something i, mean, I didn't know it would go off in this like makeup tutorial like oh in a way. it's wild but as like yeah. a database for old content yeah i mean that's what i watch it for sure i'm not i don't watch you know influencers i watch <laughs> really? old <What's> <laughs> well hang on i watch I'm old, have to rethink I watch what we old talk content and <laughs> interviews but it's like so crazy because like you know back then there's only four channels that was aired and then gone it yeah. was like people they would have never in their wildest dreams ever thought that it would ever be watched more than once no a lot of times you hear stories about even like the johnny carson show the first few years they just yeah. wiped it lost they were the like, time oh we can reuse the tape yeah it makes me crazy totally <laughs> no they did, they did that all the time all the time there's some shows that are just gone, gone. completely yeah. gone movies oh yeah absolutely yeah. although thankfully partners in crime my god i watched all of it you did, oh. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's wonderful not great but, but it's um, so good it's, yes <laughs> or is it wait or is it not good and so great i can't yes okay that's the, the one yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. But the gay bar scene is the best. Oh, yeah. There, well, the, especially in the 80s, there was always that, like, trope. Um, wasn't there a Charlie's Angels episode, too, where it was, like, the killer tranny drag queen trope? Oh, is there? I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yes. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the the dress-to-kill trope. Yes. So this one wasn't a murderer. He was just, um, you were supposed to be shocked and surprised when the oh, wig okay. fell off. Oh, okay. And partners in crime. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right. This was like a robber or something, or I can't remember. They were involved. This is the thing with partners in crime. You watch the whole thing. I don't want to. I like, just watched it. 
And, but things don't stick with it. You're just, but you think of, oh, that outfit she it wore was No, good. there was like, a, someone was kidnapped. Her friend was kidnapped in yes, front of her, but then it right. ends up being the villain at the end. But like, right. why? And then Lonnie Anderson and Linda Carter go show up to the club that she was working at as a showgirl. And like, <laughs> yeah. like hey, watch, watch it, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, where are we? There's like, something different, there's something about, different these- <laughs> about these girls. <laughs> into these things stop complaining we got the job didn't we watch it twinkle toes did you hear what i just heard uh-huh either she has a very bad cold or these women are too beautiful too perfect too too to be anything but men right well how will we know for sure watch this Hey, I'm not that kind of girl, sweetheart. Sorry, babe. Who could tell? You know the horribly transphobic scene in Crocodile Dundee? I've not seen that movie in so long, I could not tell you. Well, it's just as well. What are you drinking, Gwendolyn? No more Thanks, Mick. I must be getting on home. Where's I'm, sweetie? Just around the corner. I have a little place where I live all by my lonesome. Not now. Most of the time, that is. Oh. Must, uh, must get a bit lonely, eh? Thank you for a bit of uh, mild company. Do I ever? Thank uh, Excuse me, Gwendolyn. Don't go away, love. I've been trying to tell you all night. That girl, she's a guy. A man dressed up as a girl. And he sticks his hand up her skirt. That was a guy. Guy dressed up like a sailor. Look at that. Where are you on you? That was played by Anne Carlyle from Liquid Sky. Oh, wow. I just taped with her for Liquid Sky Movie Club, and I saw that on the IMDb, and I was like, huh? And then I was shocked to find out I had no idea that you were the person in the bar in Crocodile Dundee in the horribly transphobic moment from Crocodile Dundee. Uh Yes, it's a transphobic moment, and they couldn't find that he didn't want to touch a man. So they found me who wanted to make the most beautiful man they've ever seen. I really wanted that character be gorgeous yeah. and uh, and seductive and everything everything a, a transvestite can be. And uh, and instead of it being something, uh, a moment to be, he put his fingers inside of me during the actual what? take. Oh. He rammed his fingers up inside of me. Oh my God. Just got the Donald Trump move. Yeah, well, Paul Hogan, all the stories about him just get worse really? and worse. This is the worst one, obviously. That oh, I've heard. God. That, that's horrifying. It was horrifying. And I, I was uh, I was very, uh, uh, you know, upset. I was upset, but that was the end of the take. And then it was over. And I thought, there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, what am I going to do now? You know, complain to the director. He probably told him to do it. <laughs> Jill will be right back after these messages. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now a special word from... Hi, Divas. It's me, Rubber Child. And if you want to, I would appreciate it if you could check out the link in the description box down there, a little bit lower, for my GoFundMe for my medical transition. I would really appreciate it. And even if you can't, a little share is free. A little like is free. And I appreciate it. And I love you all. Mm, and don't you want to return that love? So that's right. Just take those fingers and go down just a little bit further and uh, and <laughs> press right where you know where you should. <laughs> oh, see, you, you already feel the difference. Now, mm-hmm. donate and share. Do both. If you can't donate, just share. Okay. In the pandemic, um, I decided to take it upon myself, because I'd never seen it, took it upon myself to watch all of Veronica Mars. <laughs> Justin, that. my yeah. friend, is, was obsessed with Veronica Mars. and was like, you need to watch Veronica Mars. Because I love hot girl detectives. You know, oh, I love Nancy Drew. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was like yeah. a modern day Nancy Drew. Plus but with even, Steve Gutenberg in it. Yes. So. But even that came out, I remember there was an episode um, where she's trying to find someone's long lost dad yeah. and he meets this woman that's always kind of like appearing in and out of his life and then come to find out his dad had like transitioned oh. um, but it's handled like very cringe and very poorly <laughs> and like I was like oh my god and this was like you know 15 years ago yeah and it was like, that would not be on the air now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. I think some stuff from 15 years ago is actually worse than stuff that was from 30 years ago. Right. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Well, the aughts were a aughts challenging were a time. Very strange time. Right? Yeah. 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 Best yeah. to hang out in your favorite stall yes. at the box yeah. and just let that all blow over. <laughs> right. Oh, God. But no, it's so great now that there's so much, people are becoming so much more aware of like all the issues and, you know. Yeah, being kinder to each other, ish. I think so. I also think people are insane right now. I think that. Oh, yeah, right, right. That too. That'll pass, though, right? (laughs) Man, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Well, you know, sometimes uh, my optimism is unreasonable, and then sometimes it's the complete opposite. I'm like, it's never getting better. Yeah, and then I'm like, no, of course it will. (laughs) And then it's just back and forth. Let's go back to New York, I guess. Okay. Where did you live in New York? I lived all over. I lived in Williamsburg before it was cool. Um, Did you move out when it started to get? I lived there from like 2002 to 2006, Mm -hmm. I want to say. And I lived in Harlem from 2006 to 2008, and then moved to Sunnyside in Queens, which I lived the longest. I lived there for 10 years at this killer apartment. Yeah. Um, My bedroom was bigger than most of my friends' apartments. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was great. So yeah. I kind of lived all over, but I really liked Queens, even though it wasn't like the cool hip place to live. Who cares? It's about um, where you It was lit. so quiet. Yeah. It was so like no drama, you know? And it a was huge just, like, bedroom. 
a huge bedroom. It was it was it was amazing. And like not super expensive to like get into the city or whatever. Like it was still like pretty quick. And you're like you were really close to Williamsburg and to Greenpoint. Um but yeah, I liked because and then you could all since I was working in nightlife, yeah. Everything's so, you know, crazy. It was nice to like come home to like more of a quieter vibe. I mean, you sleep like a baby. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Or some friends' apartments I'd like sleep spend the night and just the you know it's new york so yeah. those streets are always alive god forbid you live above a restaurant or a bar or oh, something god. i mean jesus i remember after i moved to la went back to new york for fashion week to work the shows and stayed at um my one of my friend's guest rooms that lived in greenpoint yeah um and they lived above a restaurant, and I had like a five a.m. call time, and it was like it was like a five a.m. call time on Sunday, and so I had to like get to bed early on Saturday night, and it yeah. was just like mayhem <laughs> outside. I was like, "How do they live here?" <laughs> yeah, how I don't. You have to get so inured to the yeah, din and the craziness. Totally, it's amazing how adaptable people are, though, right? Oh, yeah, no, the heat is roasting in here, and it's deafening, but it's cool. Right. No one ever <laughs> talks about the the heat in New York apartments. Oh, it's brutal. Because there, there's no, I mean, unless you live in, like, I know in apartments in Brooklyn, you have control of the thermostat. Oh, okay. But in Queens, there's no, you don't have a thermostat that you control. So the really? heat just goes on or goes off. Wow. <laughs> okay, I thought that was a Manhattan special, because I've only visited. You know, I've never lived. And it's there. like this crazy steam heat. It's like so <laughs> insane. So in the winter, I would have all the windows open. Yeah. Because it was swelteringly hot. What floor were you on? I was on the top floor. Oh, well, look, forget it. It's a shit show. Yeah, it's just brutal. <laughs> Everything's melting. But literally, like, yeah. the windows open and it's like 10 <laughs> degrees outside. <laughs> Not in my apartment. Yeah, no, exactly. You have to have a fan on, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sunnyside, you know, there's a movie called Sunnyside, and it's god-awful, but it stars Joey Travolta. Really? A recent movie? Or? No, it's from 78. It's kind oh. of a knockoff, or they promoted it as kind of similar to Saturday Night Fever. Okay. It's a terrible gang movie. Oh. Watched that in the middle of the pandemic. I don't know what it did for me, but I uh, watched that. Also, the Robbie Benson movie where he plays a Chicano. Oh. Those are a nice uh, okay. uh, twofer, if you, <laughs> if you want to be like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah. In the, in the pandemic, nothing mattered, though. No, Exactly. It didn't. You know. That's how I got into all the Charles Bronson movies. Oh, wow. Good times. I watched so many right-wing really? 80s f- flicks. Yeah, Chuck Norris, Charles oh, Bronson. Oh, wow. Yeah. They pair well I with acid. I've never seen any of those. I can't recommend them, but I enjoyed them. Yeah. If you okay. do want to go down the Death Wish Alley, number four is the best one. Okay. So, and it's the only one I really enjoyed. Okay. So the rest are garbage. But they're actually frighteningly fascist. They're I so fast. Of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it seemed like the right time at that time. Well, it was so it was so fascinating in the 80s because in the 70s, there was so much like female empowerment and female action stars. You had yeah. like Wonder Woman, Charlie's Angels, the Bionic Woman, Police Woman, all these w- women kicking ass and like 
then the 80s happened and there was like a total backlash to that. So then you got like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone and all these like dudes like yeah. shooting guns and like with big muscles and just ah, like aggro, you and know. Being super misogynistic. Yeah. Too. It was like a backlash against all that um, second wave feminism. Yeah, and all the liberalism too of the 70s because you look at like 77 and then compare that to 83 right it's bananas yeah like in new york alone there would be studio 54 the punk stuff happening hip-hop brewing and then um you look at especially advertising it's amazing look at oh. charting the history of this country yes. through advertising it's just like the whitest most brooks brothers wearing people right for years and years the and yuppie. years yeah the yuppie thing the sort of greed is good Right, Vibe. yeah, Wall Street, the Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, that was like that was the era. That was the era. Um, there's a really good, I think it was like a VH1 thing, but it's on YouTube. New York '77. Ooh, okay. Have you ever seen I've that? I've heard that. It's so great. It's like like a two hour documentary about 1977 in New York, which that was the year to be there. That really everything was. happened. Yeah, punk was happening, disco was happening, hip hop was happening. There was a serial killer murdering everyone. Oh, yeah, that's right. The there was of a Sam. blackout. I mean, yeah. it was just like all this shit happened in that one calendar year. It's yeah, like really wild, but like so much culture that's still relevant today. Like, happened yeah, which then. is wild. It all happens in such a, a small. It was like pre AIDS. Everything was just fun. And yes, like, everyone was just carefree, and you know, and you could still get quaaludes. Yeah. Did you ever have a quaalude? I actually, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I was at a, this is maybe like 2014, I want to say. And Ooh, there was wow. a, um, I got one from a stripper. <laughs> I'm not sure where she got it from. I don't know if they were still from the 70s, but of course I've always been obsessed with the 70s. And she's like, I have yeah. quaaludes. And I was like, well, I've never done one before. Yeah. So I'll try anything yeah, once. Look, you like research, right? You're... Research. Yeah. So I did it. I, well, I only did half of one because I was nervous. Um, understandable. Yeah. I don't know. What, yeah. You know. Because um, you're also like, so I, I know she said it's a quaalude. It's 2014. What is what, this? What thing? is it? Yeah. But I did it. That's why I was like, I'm not scared of getting the vaccine. Do you know what? Like, I've done <laughs> crazy shit. You've been in the jacuzzi. Yeah, I've been in the okay. fucking Le bon jacuzzi. Okay. <laughs> um, so I did the quaalude and we were out and like, I remember getting home. Everything was fine. I don't remember anything. It, of note, okay, crazy happening. Yeah, but then I woke up and there was like this huge chunk missing out of my leg. I had this like <laughs> big gash on my leg. It was like quaaludes. That, wow. Yeah, quaaludes. I have no idea. I don't remember it happening, but I remember coming home. I don't remember. Like there was literally, I have still have a scar from it. Oh my like god! Chunk missing out yeah. of my leg. <laughs> Those are the weirdest like little brownout moments when you're like, so you weird. feel like you had a memory of everything. Yeah, and it seems like you have a long memory of it, but there's something missing. That's a piece of your leg. Piece of my leg. <laughs> so yeah, I did that. I did a quaalude once just to see. Sure, I would do that just like. for research purposes. Research. I'm not. I don't have any prurient yeah. interests. It's something <laughs> like that. But yeah, I think in South Africa there is methaqualone. Oh, maybe loose. that's where she got it from. Could be. Could be. Check in with us if you're listening. Dear stripper. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you lived in Sunnyside, and that was the last place that you had in yeah, New York before I moved to LA. So around the time you're thinking about moving to LA, that it was kind of like what you said before. Yeah, you wanted to restart because um, Justin, my at this point sister, family, sure, um, 
from Semi-Precious Weapons, now the biggest songwriter in pop music. Yes. Um, and uh, the author of Wild. Yes. The new musical that I will be saw. sweeping the nation. Yeah, with Adina Menzel. It's like so major. It's like so amazing. I've seen the whole two years of creation and hearing yeah. the demos and everything. It's to like finally see it all on stage. And it's so in line with um, all of Justin's like beliefs. It was like just him on stage. It was like great. And Justin's quite an activist as well, right? Very much so. Yeah. Yes. So he was out here with the band working on music because uh, you have to be in LA to be a musician. Um, (laughs) It's true. Yeah. It's where it is. Yeah. So I would come out to um, LA every now and again and... um, He's always trying to get me to move out to LA, but it was like before Uber or anything. I was like, I don't fucking oh. drive. So like there's no way like Yeah. I what? No. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm a New Yorker, I don't drive. <laughs> so I never could. And then finally once Uber became so prevalent in LA, it just kind of like opened LA up. Yeah. And my lease was up and he just bought this like amazing property in Hollywood with a guest house. And Perfect. was like, you are insane. Get out of New York. Just come <laughs> live in the guest house. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'll just like be a really glamorous Kato Kalen and live in the guest house. <laughs> Which now I do. Yeah, that's amazing. That's great. <laughs> but it's so great. And it was like, I mean, such a great way to spend the pandemic because it was like me, Justin, and his parents all on this property. <laughs> Day drinking and watching movies and eating our faces and like yeah yeah it was playing cards and yeah it was like getting in the there's a pool and a jacuzzi I mean not a shabby way to spend the pandemic I was very blessed that's good I'm glad very to hear very that. blessed yeah. and like not alone yeah you know? that's really I couldn't yeah. imagine what I would have done had I still lived in New York oh forget about it so I think it's good every once in a while to like press the big reset button yes. on your life yeah. Um, and so I did. And plus, I kind of wanted, you know, I was so well known in New York, even though I was doing makeup like the entire time. Partly my fault. I branded myself so much as this like, you know, nightlife party girl. It's kind of good to like rebrand. It is. It is, especially when you're you getting know. a little tired of the nightlife. Thing. Yes. Yeah. So now I'm like living in L.A., doing makeup, doing a lot of like art direction, artist development, creative yeah. direction. And let's talk more um, some about that because we talked about the brunch and nightlife stuff. Yeah. And we, we didn't even really get into the makeup stuff, which yeah. I, I want to get into. But uh, let's talk about some of the other things because I think the makeup thing is a larger thing. And yeah, we'll get yeah, to that yeah. in a little bit. But some of the other pursuits that you're doing, the creative direction and artist management, et cetera. Yeah, I'm like, you know, Justin um, started his own record label. Uh, so it's like signing new artists and like developing new artists. So I get to like work with them and like do makeup. And um, he has a amazing artist, Edie, who's actually in Wild. She She's also an actress as well. Yeah. So she's in that, but um, helping creative direct her and like coming, you know, helping her come up with, you know, video treatments and like all that kind of stuff. And like from the hair to the makeup, to the style, to like what the guitar looks like to, you know, I love it. It's like so fun. And that's so very much your bag. Like that's it. It's all your expertise. You know what I mean? I'm I'm such a well of pop culture and a well Well, of references. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. So I know things that would be cool to pull from or pick and choose and like, you know. I mix and match. Mix and match. Yeah. It's so fun, which um, I know everyone, everyone always says, I'm a creative director. <laughs> Just like so douchey. Um, but I've been doing creative direction, which is like yeah. so fun. So and like usually like stylists go into creative direction or uh-huh. maybe photographers but like very few makeup artists kind of like transition into like doing True. creative direction right but i always you know i'm always thinking of the bigger picture with makeup and like you know what do the clothes look like what does the hair look like what does the set look like like yeah i like thinking about all of it you know the inspiration from things like Eyes of Laura Mars and one my one of my favorite movies of all time. I have the video disc of that actually. Uh, I have to, I'll have to pull that out later. Yeah, I that. mean, I remember seeing that on like late night cable as a kid, and that was definitely one of my movies that made me want to move to New York. All the fashion photography in it. I mean, it's. I think it's a great movie, but it's not a great movie. There's st- structural problems. There's script problems. I've read the novelization, though. I have the, Ooh, the, the book. I didn't know there which was Which adds one. a lot to the plot, which I'm like, this, yeah, there needed to be another pass at the script. <laughs> yeah, or maybe was, one less pass, because the original was written by John Carpenter. Right. And I, I got to read that script. I know. Because it's got to be amazing. I was totally. like, wait, John Carpenter and this premise in yeah. the fashion world? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, and like, the, you know, the the picture it paints of new york is amazing all oh, those yeah. like photo shoot scenes are so iconic and they actually had like real models real hair and makeup people for that were working in fashion at the time yeah as the makeup artist and hairstylist so it's like a really great time capsule of that like late 70s new york fashion and renee bergenois oh yeah as her agent oh and brad dorif oh how can you forget brad dorif oh my, my god the character character actor of all time yeah and for those not familiar tommy lee jones yeah, plays a big role in it. But we wouldn't yeah, want to tell you so what no that spoilers, is. No spoilers. No spoilers <laughs> at all. And of course, Faye Dunaway, who yes. was I think at the time married to Peter Wolf. Oh, Jake. And it was yeah, it was like post network pre Mommy Dearest. Yes, so she was still. And it was you know Barbara Streisand that sings the theme song, and she was originally supposed to because her husband at the time, who was a hairstylist, that then became um, a movie producer, John Peters. She wanted her to play the role, but she thought it was like way too weird and kinky. Yeah. But it was like, okay, I'll sing, sing the theme song. And it's the only movie that features a Barbara Streisand song that she's not acting in. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Prisoner, written by Mikowski and Oosterveen. Great song. I have that album, the uh, Mikowski and Oosterveen album. Really? Yeah. I have a second copy. So if you'd like the Mikowski and Oosterveen <laughs> album, yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> but yeah, that was like definitely one of the top, um, top New York movies of inspirational movies for sure yeah what are some of the other ones desperately seeking susan uh-huh. hands down yeah just because i was growing up i was a huge madonna fan yeah um do you have a favorite madonna era i love that you know early 80s desperately seeking susan like a virgin lucky star era yeah just because she was so exuberant and youthful and like had so much attitude but was so girlish at the same time and it was just like frills and bows and rosary beads and bangles and it was like punk but like prissy punk you know what i mean yeah maripold you know her stylist helped a lot with that um now was debbie mazar like her makeup person because i remember seeing the post that you yeah they were like club friends and then she uh did her makeup for 
a lot on tour and for different photo shoots and stuff and actually did her makeup for the photo shoot for the for her first album that ended up getting scrapped. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I think that was the photo shoot that There's I saw There's a photo you of post. her doing her makeup. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, Desperately Seeking Susan, that's like such, I just love the picture of New York that it paints. And I remember moving to New York in 2002, wanting it to be that like candy colored, dilapidated version of New York. And it just wasn't. But I remember my look at the time, I was wearing the rubber bracelets and like very Madonna inspired. And I remember I didn't moved and didn't have a job for a few weeks um, while everything was getting worked out. And, you know, this was before GPS. So I was like, I'm just going to take the train into the city and like walk around. And I wanted to go to Battery Park, which is where, you know, in the movie, she all starts at Battery Park. Yeah. So I went down there, wandered around there, and then um, got back on the train and got off, I think, in Chinatown or somehow walked from Battery Park to Chinatown. I don't remember. Yeah. But I got lost in Chinatown for like two hours. I just could not get out of Chinatown. <laughs> I don't know how. I, there was no, I didn't know where I was going. No. There was no map. There was no GPS. No one had a phone. I had like a flip phone. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm laughing I mean, you at could, a recognition. You could by still the way. smoke would... in New York. <laughs> oh, it was right. that long ago. Yeah. You could still smoke. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I was just kept walking and walking and all of a sudden I ended up right in front of Love Saves the Day, which is the shop where she trades the jacket for the rhinestone boots. Oh, you're kidding. It's a real shop. It was still there. Yeah. I walk in and they're playing into the groove. It was like this. I was like, (laughs) (gasps) it was like this New York moment. I was like, I'm here. This is it. This is what my life is supposed to be. This is amazing. Yeah. 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 It was like. The goddess is looking down like, you're in the right place. This is exactly, you made the right choice. Yeah. And it solved the any anxiety from the two hours of being lost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How was the adjustment to New York? Before you got, you know, situated at the brunch thing and everything else, you started to work at Mac pretty yeah, soon after. At, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was worked at Mac um, before in California, before, oh, I, mo- okay. before I moved. Yeah. And um, was lucky enough to be able to like transfer so right. I had a job like almost immediately, perfect, which was great. I didn't, never was like a starving, you know. Who wants that? No, no one wants that. No one wants that. No. Um. So yeah, I was very lucky to like, you know, and then slowly kind of ended up working at the pro shop, which was kind of um, where the seasoned employees go to retire. <laughs> it's kind of like the <laughs> retirement plan because you weren't dealing with the general public. Okay, you know sure, what I mean. Yeah. It wasn't like yeah. you're helping like some woman pick out a blush for two hours or like decide between <laughs> this nude lipstick or this nude lipstick. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Which I definitely did well, my fair share of. But, um, but in California. At this, before, yeah. At this yeah. place, it was like, you know, you're just talking to other makeup artists. So it was like a great way to like meet everyone, all different makeup artists from all different um, industries, you know, like the Broadway makeup artists, the fashion makeup artists, the film and TV makeup artists. Yeah. So it was like um, a good way to like meet people. And also trade knowledge. and Trade knowledge and ended up, you know, like assisting many of them, you know, after sure. I left and really, yeah. What was the first big makeup project that you worked on when you were in that situation? Um, Heather Rett was my first fashion show I ever did in New York. Um, working with Kabuki, who is amazing, love. I remember seeing Kabuki on one of the talk shows in the '90s, and like in a full, like head to toe white body painted with blue, and like a full, like kind of pseudo geisha kind of look. 
stunning, flawless. I was like, oh my God, who is Kabuki? I'm obsessed with Kabuki. I just want to move to New York and be fabulous like Kabuki. <laughs> um, and then started working at Mac. Kabuki shop there. Got introduced to yeah. Kabuki and like worked on all the shows that he would do and ended up like assisting him um, after I left. And I still, he still hits me up every now and again if he's in LA and needs like, I worked on a couple of Moschino jobs with him. Like, yeah. Were there ever amazing. any? Uh, were there ever any difficult clients? I mean, there can be stressful situations, but I've never had like um, really terrible like clients. No, you're going to be making them look as good as possible. So sure. Why? Right. You're going to be a monster. Yeah. To the right. Person. I mean, sometimes if they're like really insecure about things, or like, I mean, it's different. Like, if you're working on a celebrity or something can be different than you know what i did primarily in new york was more like fashion models which like you know they just look however they want to you tell them that they look right you know what i mean right they don't really have a lot of say in that they're kind of supposed to be a blank slate that you turn into whatever the job calls for whereas like if you're working on a celebrity or something it's more um you're dealing with Ego. Ego and how they see themselves and if it's for them, like going to a red carpet, you know, something like that. Um, but luckily, like, I haven't really had any, like, drama. When you first started getting interested in makeup or the actual application to makeup, yeah, what was the uh, circumstances when you started working with makeup? Well, I always wanted to, knew I always loved makeup. And, you know, after high school, I didn't really know, like, what I wanted to do. But I knew I didn't want to go to college because yeah. I was like, oh. God, not more school. <laughs> but, you know, I loved clothes. So I was like, oh, maybe I should go to fashion design school. Yeah. Um, And then my parents in my hometown owned a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And one of the customers worked at the Clinique counter at the Nordstrom um, near at the mall. And uh, mentioned that I wanted to be, you know, work in makeup or do something with makeup. And... uh got an interview at the Nordstrom and started working retail like that. So yeah, yeah, it was like my first job. I've always done makeup in all different capacities from retail to, you know, working fashion shows to working on photo shoots to doing music videos. I've done like very minimal um, film and TV stuff, but I kind of want to get more into that, but I know I'm not in the union. So that's like a whole other like hoop to jump through. So I think like, all my music video stuff kind of counts at this point. Like, I need to save all my hours. Yeah, that makes sense that the music videos count, right? Because it is a film crew. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. All that. Yeah. Yeah. I love so, all the looks, too, that, uh, on Jake you. Wesley Rogers. Oh, isn't he such a dream? Yeah. I just I adore him so much. Yeah. And we're all so grateful that he um, exists. And, um, you know, with Justin found him and signed him. And I used to do Justin's makeup when he was in the band. Um, so I know Justin sees a lot of himself and Jake and I see a lot of Justin and Jake. Yeah. You know, they're definitely like, we're all, they're all like the mother daughter, you know what I mean? Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he's so fun and like so down to experiment and like do weird stuff. And, you know, I love, I used to do a glam rock host a glam rock party with Lady Starlight in New York back in the aughts, who was kind of like my teacher um, 
for glam rock and glam mm-hmm. rock references and um so it's fun getting to put all that to use. Oh yeah, you know, because I, you know, like let's do like Mark Bolin kind of thing, or like yeah, let's you know do a Joe Bryant kind of thing, or you know, it's like fun, you know, playing, adding little nods to that. In the absolutely, makeup, yeah. Know? My friend Kieran across the hall made the documentary. Oh really? So I'm such a huge I, fan. I mean, we, I'm trying to get because it's not available anywhere to screen or to watch. And I've been telling Jake about it, but he has, I can't find it anywhere. I want him to watch oh, it. I'll, so if we can done. get a it's digital done, copy, okay, great. It's all done. It's all done. Okay. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, I know because like um, obviously Joe Bryant, you know, was the first out gay glam rock star pop star whatever you want to call yeah. it at the time where now obviously there were a lot of glam rock stars that have since come out but like uh, they weren't they didn't get famous being out no. and even like to this day one of the remarkable things too about jake when i first heard of him and i saw that justin signed him yeah. i went because it's the time now yeah Do you totally. know what I mean? and i went oh my god it's happening it's all happening yeah. it's so amazing yeah and i know justin um just feels so good that now he's in such a position of power in the music industry to be able to give a queer artist like yeah. that a voice because you know he got shit on so much oh. even though it was like you know 12 11 12 years ago but like the world was not ready for no. semi-precious weapons <laughs> no it's true. it's true you know it was like so fabulous but like yeah. it was just like too it was too too femme too queer too whatever you know isn't it nuts like the record labels you know were just awful i mean it got signed and dropped from so many different yeah labels actually there's the jabriath poster so sick kieran is actually working now on a docuseries about how aids devastated broadway oh wow well i mean aids devastated all of art and culture because it just like killed an entire generation of like the chicest people Absolutely. Fran Leibowitz is an amazing... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, who who died first? The people that got laid a lot. You know what I mean? Like, well, the and... chicest ones. And then it, like, her quote, you know, yeah. it let, like, the fourth, fifth tier of people, like, <laughs> rise up to the top. Yeah. And her quote, not mine, um, yeah. when she says, like, if my friends that died of AIDS were alive now, and I told them who was a famous artist, who's a famous writer, they'd be like, no. <laughs> not him <laughs> not him That's but right. it's just so crazy like it killed like all the chicest artists but then also like all the connoisseurs of the art and then there was this chilling effect over the culture in general about gay stuff right. which was starting to get to a point yes where it was like it's ugh. yeah and then the ripples of that you could see even with the uncomfortability with justin's to- uh, presentation it's so crazy totally yeah yeah but it's so great that, you know, now we're in yeah, no, 20, almost 2022 and everything's, you know, much more woke and amazing. Yeah. And Little Nas X uh, oh, on all the charts. So fierce. Yeah. Incredible. Fabulous. So cool. Yeah. But yeah, because like, you know, there's so many gay artists that have now since come out, but they weren't out at the time. Like, yeah, Freddie I- Mercury married. Elton John married. <laughs> right. You know, right. Bowie. Well, he was always... Bye, dabbled he, in all of it that's right yeah he was it yeah he liked everything he liked a little bit of everything appetite I mean, large you know <laughs> yeah, appetite very large he once stayed up for amanda so lear right and amanda lear is the great mystery too right the great people. mystery yeah the great mystery dolly's muse muse and right? she's like a disco star and dated brian ferry yeah i mean you can't get a, a more so fabulous fierce. <laughs> yeah, right. so fierce i know there's some great photos of them and some like 
like I don't know, rattan furniture nightclub or something, or wicker furniture. And Brian Ferry is clearly, clearly inebriated, and it's just the most glamorous looking thing ever. I'll just send you the photo. Oh, I need to see this photo. It's really good. Wow. Yeah, I also have a great video of Brian Ferry obviously coke sniffing in an interview. <laughs> like that was just called existing. And he in was the like 70s, trying to. Though. Yeah, no, that's true. But this is like early eighties. I mean, still. Yeah. No. Fair enough. I fair mean, enough. Even- 2012 <laughs> <laughs> again fair fair enough yeah uh, but thankfully that's all gone in the music business these days right <laughs> at least the music business that i'm a part of yes well of course you don't you would not yeah approve of anything like that but the music business you've certainly done a lot in a varied way with semi-precious weapons yeah and then lady starlight and the glam night but what was your favorite uh if you can name five of your favorite glam songs what are they Oh, God. Um, artists, you know, we don't have to be so specific. It's it's okay. One of my favorite glam songs. I mean, I love, like, Gary Glitter. <laughs> Listen, I do, too. Those are great records. So great. Well, well, here, so what we'll say, we love Gary Glitter records. Yes. We don't love Gary no, Glitter. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But the records. The records. The, the, yes. And they're more Mike Leander records. T-Rex. Yeah, T-Rex you is know. the best. Um, Mike Chapman stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What else do I love? I mean, I kind of feel like like a little bit of all of it, you know? I used to play clips on the show, and then I was like, oh, you can't do that? Whoops, I have a lot of shows out there that have... Oh, yeah. <laughs> they come for you hard. So... Especially on YouTube. So if you put the show oh, up Instagram, on YouTube, YouTube, it's YouTube. like... Oh, Instagram, YouTube. Yeah, forget about it. Oh, forget about, about it. it. Although you could do a reel and just get away with murder. Right. So... But I think that's, I think you can, that's like legally you're using the song like in the reel. That's right. Not just, no, you're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they get a penny or two yes, or whatever. And so, exactly. God bless. Yeah. yeah. But, but if I, it's playing in the background or if you just like rip something and yeah. post it. Yeah. Forget about it. I mean, even stuff that I've worked on, like oh. gets flagged. And then like it's a whole, you have to call, oh, can you put me on the, the white list? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, um, even this is really, this is so crazy how strict it can be sometimes. I did a post about, um, for Angie Bowie's birthday. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Which I posted a, a photo that I had with Angie Bowie, who I've met several times, had many wild nights out on the town with, and she's like a total kook. But I know like a lot of, you know, I like educating my followers and I knew a lot of people probably don't know about her and how yeah. integral she was to the whole Ziggy Stardust vibe. Um, and I posted a clip from the Ziggy Stardust documentary concert where it's like Pierre LaRoche is doing Bowie's makeup yeah. and then Angie comes in. She's like, darling, darling, there's limousines everywhere. It's fabulous. I love that I'm like, scene, yeah. And I posted that clip. Not There's no music playing. No. Nothing. That got flagged. Oh, my God. Just Bowie speaking. That's fucking Isn't crazy. Isn't that wild? That's wild. Yeah. And they got, I flagged somehow. That's I was like, insane. Oh, how is that possible? That's totally insane. Who the hell owns the copyright no music. on that? Like, is it Pennebaker? Warner. Oh, Warner. Fuck them. No. no. <laughs> Warner's great. No, we love Warner. No, no, no. I meant in a gentle, loving way. Yes. That's all. <laughs> and that stuff's just ridiculous. It's wild. But it's all, it's not like there's someone like, No, it's, it's all it, the it, algorithm. I know, you know it what detects I mean? it like, automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a big uh, channel of videos that all got pulled, and I never tried to make money off that channel it was all other people's videos but if you get enough copyright strikes they'll just yank the channel right so instagram has been cracking down on language 
And one of my favorite words is whore. <laughs> I love it. I say it all the time. I've had Instagram for, a, a, I think, a decade at this point. Yeah. Do you know how many times I've said the word whore on Instagram, <laughs> either in comments or in posts? I yeah. love, I mean, I don't think of it as a negative. I no, love. it's a very positive it's so word. glamorous. Yeah. yeah. Well, I woke up to, like, four posts getting flagged and oh, like no. co- even comments that i'd left like with the word whore in it getting flagged and they're like if you keep this up you'll get your account deleted i was like oh great that's only four how many times have i said whore i mean my account could get deleted at any moment yeah if four is on the you already get the warning you're like eight to ten i'm screwed yeah <laughs> yeah screwed. i think so <laughs> i should start a backup <laughs> i think so like right now i think during the show right actually. the second yeah yeah. yeah, the rest of the show we're going to be. Can you believe that though? If, well, this is Facebook. They fucked up everything. It's Facebook's fault. Yeah, because yeah. they fucked one hundred percent the algorithm thing. Like if you're right. if you're uh, a creator and you're under a hundred thousand, you have to pay to get your shit. Oh seen. yeah, totally. It's outrageous. Yeah. It's completely fucking. Nuts. I know. I, we should just get off the internet because it's just so dark. Maybe, maybe trade tapes. It's, it's tough. Yeah, trade yeah. tapes. Yeah. Although when it was like you had to go find books and tapes, somehow we still learned a lot of stuff. Maybe more. Maybe more. Yeah, maybe more than the kids who are not taking advantage. But there are kids who do take advantage. Oh, right? I'm always amazed when there's um, someone under 25 that has really amazing references. It's and so I'm like, exciting. You are so fabulous. Yes. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Because like so many, they're like, if it happened before 2009, they couldn't, they don't know about it and they could care less. My feeling about that is if it's too old, you're too loud. Okay. That- <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, I can't stand when people like make a thing of like knowing the top forty as if that is like the hip thing. And right. if you like something that's outside, you ever get you don't know that song? Or you haven't you haven't seen that? I'm like, you mean the thing that's been promoted heavily on all platforms right. for the last six months? No, I haven't seen it. Right. <laughs> and th- that that means you know what I mean? Like I'm not that doesn't really upset me yeah. that you think that I don't know. Oh, I try to pay as little attention as possible to like modern <laughs> pop culture. <laughs> but I love when people are like, you haven't seen that? And I'm like, no. no. I watch the same five things over and over and over again for like 40 years. Also, do you want, <laughs> do you want me to do that game with you? No, you <laughs> right. don't want me to do that no, game I with will you. <laughs> right. make you cry. <laughs> yes, exactly. It won't be fun. And I can get unpleasant about <laughs> yeah. it. So let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I no. also, I don't like sports. So yes, uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but gee, there are so many good things to talk about, like the Bee Gees. Um, oh my God, that cover. Isn't that incredible? They don't shoot things like that anymore. Those outfits, they all look great in them. Oh yeah. And like interesting crotch issues. Very interesting crotch issues. Yeah. You don't see that anymore. Sad. We got to bring that back. I I think think so. Do you have any favorite photographers? I love, um, Chris von Wagenheim. My friends did a book about him. Um, that's really amazing. His photos, uh, were kind of like the basis for all the photos in Eyes of Laura Mars. Oh, okay. Um, okay, they that's used, good to they, know. he died, but they used a lot of, um, Helma Newton photos in the film and also this photographer named Rebecca Blake okay. for that. Yeah. Um, so Helmut Newton, of course. Um, who else do I really love? You know who I love? Well, modern working now. I love Franz. Oh, yes. Franz is wonderful. Isn't he just so chic? Yeah, so chic. It was so good to see him at the Jake show. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was lovely. His aesthetic is just like, I mean, so beautiful and so on point. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a lovely yeah. fella. 
Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. He's so cool. He's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, what other photographers do I just love? I mean, I love like the campiness of like David LaChapelle. I mean, he yeah. just kind of defined the 90s and early 2000s, didn't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Scavulo, any of those? Oh my God. How can I fucking forget Scavulo? Of course, Scavulo. When you're oh asked God. a question like that, it's like. It's always, I know, I'm always like, everything just, get, it just completely broop. empties yeah. out of my head. Of <laughs> right. course, Scavulo. I have every Scavulo book. Yeah. Um, Clive Aerosmith, I love. Oh, okay. I got to check really out more chic. of Clive Aerosmith because yeah. I've seen the name and I've. I must have seen a few photos. Hey, he, um, I love all his work in like the late 60s, early 70s, because it's all like that very like glam rock era. Oh, okay. By the way, did you see Glenn Johns and how he looked in the Get Back Beatles documentary? No, I didn't watch that. You've got to see his outfits. Okay. They're wild. He looks like he was a rock star. He looks almost like Noel Fielding, mid Mighty Boosh times. <laughs> Tell me about Lady Starlight, because they're a very close friend of yours, right? Oh, yeah. Lady Starlight, um, I met. She also worked for Mac. Um, so I had a friend that I worked with at the mall in California. I worked at Nordstrom. He worked at Macy's. I was the only trans person that worked at the mall. He was the only gay guy that worked at the mall yeah. in makeup. Um, so obviously we became friends. And he moved to New York like a couple years before I did. And this was before social media. was before anything. We barely had cell phones. I mean... I went to New York and I was like, I wonder if I'm ever going to run into him again. His name um, was Craig. And, it's a good uh, name. Solid guy. Yes, I can yeah. tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I was like, I moved to New York. I was like, I wonder if I'm ever going to run into Craig again. And I was working at the Mac store on Christopher Street, walking down the street, literally bumped into someone, looked, and it was him. <laughs> and he was like, oh my God, it's you. What are you doing here? Like, I can't believe it. So he traded info and he was working. Um, he opened the Kevin Aquan counter at oh. Henry Bendel's okay. and was actually like... Um, the first artist to ever sell Kevin Aquan makeup and was wow. like a, uh, an assistant of Kevin Aquan's before he died. And yeah. I was really mage. So at the Max Strong Christopher Street, it was there was really rowdy and there was always a lot of drama. So for some, <laughs> I think like someone threw like a trash can through it because there was like this big plate glass windows. Someone threw a trash can at one of us yeah. and broke the window. So then while the... Um, window was being replaced we all had to get sent to other locations oh, to work wow. and they sent me to henry bendel's yeah and this is like right when i moved there i think it was like december and i moved in like august so he was like oh my god you work for mac there's someone that you have to meet her name's colleen and introduced me to colleen who eventually became lady starlight and this is when she looked like peggy moffat um, the model from the 60s and like down to a T and also very Liza Minnelli cabaret. Just sure. Like the Vidal Sassoon sure. boy haircut. And when I met her, I was like, oh my God, like I just feel like I've known her like a thousand years. Yeah. And she was doing all these like 60s psychedelic parties with my friend Craig, who stage name was Breedlove. Oh, or is okay. Breedlove. Yeah. They would invite me to their parties and it was just like everyone was dressed like it was still like 1968. And I just had never seen anything like it. Everyone was just so committed to the look yeah. and the vibe. And I was so intimidated because I was like, I was more of an 80s kind of gal. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I was a little out of place. Still very um, defined by the era and still living sure. in the past. Well, right. So, <laughs> just everyone, a different past. Yeah, different. Exactly. exactly. Um, so, yeah, we just became fast friends, and then, then she metamorphosized. Um, she was like, I'm over 60 psychedelia. Now I'm into glam rock, and 
cha- like turned her hair into the red mullet and like just worked Ziggy Stardust looks. Sure. Going to the gym, <laughs> going to work, riding the subway. I mean, she yeah. was just head to toe, full 1972 Bowie. Yeah. Love that. Just going to the grocery store to get like toilet paper. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Just full commitment to the look. So then she ended up ended up transferring and working at the Mac Pro showroom with me. So then being because we always like were friends and like knew each other and would go out and whatever, but yeah. spending all day with her. She's one of the most creative, genius, insane people that you could ever possibly meet. <laughs> the most inspiring person in the universe. Yeah. And just um she just automatically wants it inspires you to step your game up. With your look, with your creativity, with your everything. We became really, really close then. And then she met Lady Gaga, of course, out on the scene uh, when she was still like brunette, you know, rocker chick. And Lady Starlight had a huge impact on her and her trajectory and like her creation of her persona, as we all did. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, because she was just like this, you know, 20 year old girl that right. was from the Upper West Side and. It's like living on the Lower East Side, but like it wasn't until meeting like this insane group of like <laughs> creative people. Yeah. Where she was just like absorbed it all like a sponge and then transformed into this crazy like blonde fembot pop star that we all know today. Right. <laughs> right. And she opened for Semi Precious Weapons. Yeah. Right? Her and Starlight opened for Semi Precious Weapons, uh, which is how I met Justin or found out about Justin and the band. Because they were opening for him, and they had a duo where it was kind of like um, two drunk Prince protege- proteges got on stage and like <laughs> started playing instruments, and like yeah. the record skipped, and they were wasted, and like it was they were in lingerie, and it was genius. Yeah, sold. Uh, um, yeah. And yeah, that was pretty funny. And then yeah, I met Justin at the Mac Pro store as well. Mac, it all comes back to working at this store. It was like yeah. I met everyone through makeup. And the band was having a really big resurgence or really big moment in New York. Yeah. And Mac was running a contest to where if you did a makeup look inspired by Justin's makeup, the winner would get to go backstage with him at a fashion show and attend a fashion show with Justin and got like a shit ton of Mac makeup. (laughs) So his makeup artist at the time, who I knew because she was a customer of the store, came in with Justin because I had to meet with Justin and design um, a face chart based on his look that they were going to use on the website or whatever. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, before I even met Justin, I was like drawing his face, literally (laughs) like this face chart with the makeup, like printing out pictures from his MySpace page, (laughs) even though I'd seen the show, but I was always like a little inebriated by the time SPW went on. Um, And it was like, also just like when I met Lady Starlight, it was just like, who are you? Who are you? It was like this instant connection. Yeah. And then we just became inseparable since, ever since. That's lovely. We're like family. The Precious Empire. The Precious right. Empire. <laughs> yeah. At what time did you start doing the blog? Right, because that's not how we, you came into my radar around the time that I was doing the blog, right? Is that I how you so. found me? Uh, yeah. The blog? Yeah, definitely. Because I remember. Yeah. It was like y'all all of a sudden like Videodrome Disco like started popping up and like we were right on Facebook or yeah no exactly emails or on the blog Something, or yeah I think yeah. that's definitely was the blog and and Facebook right because yeah, we were yeah, talking yeah. about that the other day totally so that's totally what it was yeah. yeah 
And then I used to post the videos, yes, of like chunks of videos, totally. That I'm, I'm going to bring that back. I you think, to LA. I yeah, think, I think precinct is what that would make the most sense. And probably. quarterly, because like we talked about, no, weekly. No, <laughs> no, but I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. do a week, weekly. Oh my god, or even a monthly. Nightmare. I can't right. even imagine no. a monthly. Nightmare. I can't. No. No, no, no. Well, or you could go um, like the motherfucker route, the party in like the electro rock party in New York with like Michael T and Justine oh, D. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they would just do it on like, a, I, th- I can't remember, it was like the night before a big holiday weekend. That's a really good idea. So everyone has the today off, like the weekend off. Right, right. And can go out and rage and like do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. Should do idea. the motherfucker road. I like that. The motherfucker was an amazing party in New York. Uh huh. It was like, yeah, that whole like LCD sound system, electro clash mixed with like rock and roll era of New York that was really fabulous. There was a lot of really cool things that it's funny because not having been in New York around that time, even though, you know, you you can look at it because you were there and say, well, it wasn't as cool as it was then or well, then. that's what everyone always says. I mean, friendly, but Wetz talks about that too. Yeah, but like, yeah. everyone's always talking about how New York was greater twenty years ago or thirty years ago. Yeah, which is like it was always greater twenty or thirty years ago because you were twenty twenty or thirty years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything's more fun when you're twenty. Sure, sure. And then like, <laughs> it's true. It's, well, it is true, and it's more exciting because it's the first time you've been to something. Yeah, it's the first party you've thrown, or totally. you know, right? Yeah, yeah. And everything's so much. You know, you're not jaded or everything's so much more exciting, you know. And of course, like me, you know, there's a whole generation of kids that would die to be, see what I saw and like yes, yeah. do what I did and hung out with who I hung out with. Yeah. In my era of New York, which at the time it was just it's called existing. It's yeah, like exactly. we didn't think of it as some fabulous thing that was going to, you know, influence pop culture or whatever, you know, right. it was just like us hanging out. Right. You know? Well, that's the funny thing about it, right? Yeah. Because when you're in the eye of the storm, you don't see what's happening. Right. Yeah. Right. And if you're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to influence pop culture. Right. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. You just do what you want to do. Yeah. Do it, whatever you're interested in. So anyone yeah. listening who like is thinking about just doing do stuff, just fucking do it. Yeah. Too, and just move to wherever you want to move to as yes. well. That's the thing I like to always sort of hammer home. Yeah, uh, Move to wherever you want to move to and just pursue whatever it is, even if it is something that seems like it's not going to be popular. Right. Because who would think any of, the, you know, any of the stuff that we're interested in or whatever, yeah. you wouldn't look at it on paper and be like, that's great. That's going to be real popular. Yeah, you know? totally. Or like 60 psychedelic parties or something. But then you show up to this party. Oh my God, it was so... Well, also, I mean, to be fair, there was like maybe 40 people there. Okay, tops. well, then again, you know Starlight I mean? it was all very niche. So let's... let's <laughs> But I mean, any of these. I mean, things. even at those SPW Gaga shows, I mean, there was maybe like thirty people there. You yeah, know? it wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, but it was fabulous. Yeah, it was exactly. the chicest thirty people you'd ever see. Yeah. So, well, there you go. You know, and then also everyone that was at that. It's like the people who bought the Velvet Underground record, right? right. That whole thing. Yeah, they all started bands. <laughs> yeah, totally. But on the blog, I started. Um, I don't know. Lady Starlight was doing a blog about like rock and roll culture 2009 so kind of blogging was the thing to do and i kind of um hadn't i had nothing going on (laughs) i was like i guess i'll just like um i was on unemployment i got like you know i wasn't working a retail job anymore and like doing makeup gigs on the side but that was like few and far between um and doing nightlife and whatever and um thought like i should just start a blog about like 
all the fabulous things that I'm into and like incorporating my love of baking and doing baking recipes inspired by blondes and like just blogging about like iconic blondes throughout history and their fashion and their style and makeup tips and like sounds so douchey to say but sort of like an influencer before there was an influencer no it doesn't you know sound douchey I mean? no yeah no, not at all it's what but it was. that wasn't a word then no it wasn't um, it was like i don't know did people call it anything or was it no, just well, i was in a, um there was like a i was in a paper magazine editorial where it was like um the 20 fiercest most fashionable like social networkers right right there was no influencer was not on anyone's lips. No, it wasn't. Um, <clears throat> oh, do you do a YouTube thing with makeup? No, I was on Trixie's YouTube. Right, right. Okay, that's what I was thinking about. That. Um, Would you do one? I think is the question. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I have no interest in doing my own makeup on the internet. If I maybe was like doing makeup on like a model yeah. and talk like, i mean that's more what i meant like, like, that. That, like yeah, a yeah, show yeah. a little but, like thing. doing my own makeup like <laughs> i could care less about my own face well plus you're doing pre- plenty of other things you're doing the creative direction you're yeah doing all that stuff yeah yeah i'm just so bored of my own face i've been looking at it for so long <laughs> and i do my makeup in a very specific way that really doesn't ever change so. well it kind of changes the older i get <laughs> like the droopier <laughs> things get you have to like lift things up more but um yeah, I'm not adventurous with my own makeup, but with other people, absolutely. Go to town. Um, I love that comb trick thing that you did on Jake. Wasn't that so fun? That was so cool. Yeah. I had never heard of that and or seen it, and then I was like, oh, because I'd seen the look, the after, you know, like, oh, after yeah. the look. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, that's it is brilliant, a comb. and yeah. it's so cool. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. it is a comb. It is a comb, but I didn't want it. I wanted to just look... You know, sci-fi and weird, and which like, it did, yeah, you know, it totally did. But to hand paint all that is just like, I mean, I could, <laughs> well, I could of course. freehand it, yeah. But you know, there's not a lot of time. No, that's why, like, you know, there's never a lot of time to do makeup. Well, and also that's very glam too to be like, you know what, get a comb. Well, that's with Jake especially. I like to keep it like really rock and roll and really like glam and really cool. I. I always want it to look lived in. I always want it to look chic and super high fashion, but I never want it to look like a YouTube boob. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, yeah. there's a lot of men that wear makeup now, but yes. the taste yeah. level is not quite there. Right. But I want Jake always to look extremely chic. Yeah. Well, he does. So it's like, always, it's always about like leaving something undone. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like no lashes, no mascara, or like... You know, that's uh, YouTube makeup is interesting because it's so inspired by like drag culture, which like drag makeup is like more is more pounded on. Like you're trying to transform a man into a woman with makeup. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of makeup involved. Every every feature is done in drag makeup. You know what I mean? It kind of has to be because not only are you trying to create this feminine illusion, but it's also on stage. So like everything's done. But now it's so fascinating because I've been in the makeup industry for so long and how see how trends come and go and how things can inform trends. Yeah. Um, and how popular RuPaul's Drag Race is and how everyone loves it and it's yeah. so amazing and now all these drag queens are doing makeup tutorials. But, you know, now everyone does their makeup like a drag queen would do their makeup. So, like, all the fe- every feature is done. Right. Which you're, everyone's trying to draw the same face on their face. 
where my philosophy with makeup is like, your face is the canvas that the makeup is enhancing, but it should, you should still look like you. Right. You know? Yeah. It should bring out you. It should bring out you, not like try to put a Kardashian face on your face. Keeping it raw, keeping it cool, keeping something undone. I've been bleaching Jake's brows a lot, which I'm such a fan of a bleached eyebrow. I just love it. Yeah. Um, because it's just it just opens up the whole face. Yeah, it really does. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's so alien. It's so it's so alien. It's so glam rock. Yeah. And um, I'm actually friends with the person that invented eyebrow bleaching, Corey really? Corey Tippin, who was one of um, he was involved in like the Andy Warhol factory scene. He did Jane oh, wow. Ford's makeup and Candy Darling's makeup and wow. Donna Jordan's makeup, and he was the one that bleached Donna Jordan. Dor- can't talk he bleached <laughs> donna jordan's eyebrows okay and she was like the first person that ever had bleached eyebrows and like sort of like a fashion model darling amused antonio lopez and Corey was also not only a makeup artist but a um male model too yeah. and just like really fierce and fabulous and um people have been bleaching eyebrows in fashion ever since wow and this is another aspect of your career. You've become friends with a lot of heroes, uh, heroines, yes. and they've become mentors. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's so fabulous. That's like, wonderful. I mean, not in, even in my wildest dreams. Like, I'm just so blessed and so lucky. And um, yeah, I've led a very charmed life. Who are some of them? Amanda Lepore. Is Amanda Lepore, close, right? of course, obviously. She's amazing. She was supposed to fly out for my 40th birthday and pop out of a cake. God damn it. God damn it. I know. Strike. <laughs> so annoying. But now and you're 29, so in 11 yeah, years, you know, it's going to be. Not only was she supposed to f- jump out of a cake, but also Britta Phillips, who was the singing voice of Jem on Jem and the Holograms. Right. Um, was going to sing three songs. Oh, my God. She's and Britta gonna... Phillips later was in. What's the band? She uh, was in um, Luna and um, Dean and Britta. Which, right. Um, and in a bunch, she was in like a shoegazing band in the like early '90s in London with like yeah. an ex-husband, Dean um, Wareham. Dean Wareham's her current husband. Current yeah. husband, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's amazing. Her voice is like just pure heaven-sent angel voice. But you know, growing up, I didn't really have MTV as like a young kid. Yeah. So, Jump of the Holograms was my first band. Sure. I was obsessed with, even though they were fictional. But I knew I had enough like presence of mind to know, well, someone is singing those songs. (laughs) Right. That's not a computer. It's not like she's someone singing it. It might not be this pink haired rock star, but like who is it? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, years later found out who it was. She's had this like career this whole time. Yeah. Got to meet her. Um, but now she lives in LA and we hit her up when we were planning this birthday for me and um she normally doesn't sing gem songs a lot yeah um but she's this many years after gem she's kind of warmed up to it a lot more and um was gonna sing me some gem songs and i was so excited but also canceled but who knows but but soon it'll happen again it'll happen again yeah exactly in 11 years when you're 40 (laughs) yeah exactly so it's fun and now you can really plan the stage you can do the whole thing oh yeah yeah when did you meet amanda Amanda, I met in, um, she would come into Mac Pro. 
Oh, Everyone came into course. Mac Pro. So go. it's like I met yeah. her there. Um, I will. I remember the first time I ever went to New York before I moved. Yeah. And it was when Pat Field's store was still on West 8th Street. Uh-huh. I remember walking in and um, seeing Amanda. She worked the makeup counter at Pat Field's. Just posed, sitting, and like a mannequin, and then when mo- moved, and then you're like, oh, it's not a mannequin. So fabulous. So yeah. saw her, but like never talked to her, said anything. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, she would just come into Mac Pro, and like, um, I remember she, there was this pale yellow gold powder that she would like put into her hair when her roots were starting to come in to kind of like hide the roots until she like would bleach again. Yeah. And we discontinued it. And so I remember, or Mac did, we, I didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember one of our first big interactions was me help trying to like figure out what we could blend together to recreate this product. Sure. Um, And then, you know, doing all the Heatherette shows, she would always be involved in that. And then the more I would go out in nightlife, you know, she was always around. Yeah. Um, and we just became friends through that. And like, yeah, she's such a sweetheart. And like, literally, I've never heard her say a bad thing about anybody before. That's amazing. Which is particularly wild. Yeah, that's, I mean, wild, wild. Wild! Because, <laughs> <laughs> honey, if you can't say something nice, come sit by me. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, I am a nice person, but, you yeah, know. Well, everyone, I know, but everyone, yeah, you know, yeah, listen, yeah. you're going to have an opinion about yeah, someone yeah, yeah, once yeah. in a while, especially in nightlife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've never heard her say a bad thing about anybody. That's She's just one remarkable. of the truly nicest, gentlest, sweetest, kindest, giving. She's just like, oh, you like this? Here, have it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so many hand-me-downs, so many yeah. things. I mean, yeah. she's probably trying to clear space, but you know, <laughs> I'll gladly take an Amanda re-gift. <laughs> sure. Whatever the reason. Whatever yeah. the impetus. Yeah. That's lovely to hear. So yeah, she's really amazing. Debbie Harry, I befriended mm-hmm. um, through my friend Miss Guy, who's very um, amazing if, and um, a future guest on the show. I can't wait oh to get back God, to New York. You, yes, I, yeah. Yeah. Guy, the stories the guy has. I can only. Imagine. I tell that bitch because we're like me and Justin and Guy have this like insane text message group <laughs> chat <laughs> that for years now at this point. Yeah. Um, so we talk all the time, but it never a day goes by where something guy says, I'm like, oh my God, you need to write a book because yeah. the shit that one has done yeah. is just wild. Not only had this nightlife career and was fronting this like crazy like rock band, but also had like a really amazing makeup career. Right. Like also worked for Mac, opened yeah. the Mac store on Christopher Street that I, which was the first Mac store ever in the United States. And I ended up closing the store. Guy opened it and I closed it. <laughs> but like did, you know, Lady Miss Kier's makeup for all the delight videos well, and all that kind of that. stuff. Did the makeup the Paris for, is burning. For Paris oh, is burning. Yeah, I that's mean, wild. has, I think did Lucille Ball's makeup or something. What? I mean, the uh, <laughs> insane. The stories. Yeah. Also, that one is also led a very charmed life uh-huh. because huge Blondie fan. And then now it's like Debbie Harry's best friend. Right. Right. Which that's doesn't happen. No, it's, but that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. Guy is one of my favorite humans on the planet, but that's how I met Debbie Harry was through guy. Oh, okay. Um, because guy and I met in New York, um, 
I'm trying to remember how we met. It was definitely through nightlife. Um, and we'd see each other out and about. I remember obviously seeing Guy out before I was ever on Guy's radar, but like, sure. you know, just dress this rock and roll, amazing. Yeah. You know, it's just, what a look. Yeah. And, um, but then, you know, we started seeing each other out more frequently and started talking. We like bonded about Marilyn Monroe, how much we love Marilyn Monroe. And, um, we have a lot of the same tastes and aesthetics uh, about things. Sure. And, um, do you think Marilyn was killed? Well, 1000%. I just always like to check. Yeah. They gave her a barbiturate enema. Yeah. Yeah. Sneaky devils. Very dark. Super dark. Very dark. Yeah. Though, speaking of uh, not to go on a tangent, that's what we like. um, A YouTube hole. Did you ever see this 1996 made for TV movie on HBO uh, called Norma Jean and Marilyn? Someone was telling me about this recently. It was it, it was it was on DVD. I had I think I had it on DVD or VHS, yeah. but it's never been digital streaming okay. anywhere. Not yeah. available on iTunes. Nothing. <laughs> but someone just uploaded it to YouTube, and it's so amazing <laughs> because Ashley Judd plays Norma Jean. Yeah, and then uh, halfway through, when Norma Jean gets some facial work done at the behest of the studio, right then. Mayor Servino plays Marilyn Monroe. But then it also deal, uh, then Norma Jean kind of becomes her inner monologue. So Ashley Judd will appear in the mirror and like say mean things to her. And like, wow. it's, it's, uh, she's always in the shot and always talking, but like no one else has interaction with her. Yeah. Um, but it's incredible. like her, it's like Marilyn's inner monologue, like, and always is saying like horrible, like self deprecating, like mean things to her. Yeah. It's really dark. <laughs> And not very much based on fact. Sure. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but it's a great premise, and I, uh, I'll send it. I'll send you the link. Thank you very much. It's I appreciate that. I listen. I love a dark film. Star eighty. I mean. Oh my god! Yeah, that I think is. Was, I just. It was on HBO, it's on HBO Max, isn't it? Is it? Oh yes. wow! Yes. Wow! I want. I get to see it in HD or whatever. Yes. Oh, incredible. I just watched it on HBO Max. I was flipping. I was like, Star eighty. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. It's so crazy when you see something really obscure pop up like that. Yeah, like they had both versions of Cassavetti's Killing of a Chinese Bookie on there, and wow. I was like, "What?" Guy actually gave me a book about um, Dorothy Stratton. Oh wow! Oh, is it's it a the, gift. The, uh, the one that um, Bogdanovich did. Yes, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He calls it's like I forget what it's called. They killed the yeah the, the the unicorn. Yes, the yes. killing of the unicorn. The killing of the unicorn. Yeah, he gave me that for my birthday one year. <laughs> Guy gives a look good good gift. That's a good gift. Yeah, Guy gives great gift. Yeah, you got to know who you're giving that to. Yeah, <laughs> me. I visited her grave. Oh really? Yeah. Well, it's she's buried at the same place that Marilyn is. Oh, Westwood. Okay. Yeah. Farrah Fawcett, Marilyn Monroe, and Dorothy Stratton are all in the same cemetery. One-stop shopping. And I think Betty Page. Wow. The other th- wild thing about about Starity is that they filmed it at the house that it actually happened at. I mean, that... Crazy. <laughs> I mean, good God. And, I mean, um, Mariel Hemingway was good casting. Because oh, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis also played Dorothy Stratton in I've a made-for-TV movie. I've never seen that one. Death like... yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but... I don't, I mean, love Jamie Lee Curtis. Same here. Fierce as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> not, not Dorothy no, Stratton. No, 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 no. By any stretch. By the way, I just got a digital copy of Lipstick. Have you ever seen that? <gasps> yes, of course. Yes, oh my yeah, God. That's so. one of Guy's favorite movies. So we like bonded about that. Um, it's a real pick-me-up. Guy and I yeah. did a party. It was like a rooftop, a pool party. 
where um guy would dj and i would just host and be me and be fabulous yeah but then we'd always screen there was like a it was at the thompson hotel on the lower east side and there's this big brick wall above the pool yeah. that we'd always like screen some weird obscure like fabulous movie <laughs> and lipstick was one of them oh my God. Yeah. just imagining taking a sip with her drink and looking up and seeing chris saren and chasing her. Uh, Oh, no, no sound though. It was just yeah, like, no, no, exactly, the visuals, exactly. The well, the visuals are stunning. Yeah, the soundtrack's really good too. The yeah. weird, I can't remember that guy's name, but the Sean something, yeah, yeah French yeah. guy, yeah, you know the French guy, the, French, the uh, Frenchman, the that, Frenchman, yeah, that French guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have an, uh, uh, a question for you oh, from yeah. our friend Joshua David. McKinney. Oh my god! Hi, Darian. As a fellow lover of glamour, I would like to know. If you had a time machine and could beat the face of one person, past or present, who would it be and what era of their career? Oh, what a good question. <gasps> oh, wow. I'd have to do Linda Carter's makeup. It was one of my top beauty icons of all time. Not a blonde. No, I know. I'm a little surprised. But um, The exception that makes the rule, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Inhuman beauty, like so shocking, so gorgeous, so beautiful. I would just love to have done her makeup. Yeah. I mean, I do it now. I would have done it like <laughs> in the 70s. Any old time. Any, uh, any, old, any old time. Yeah. And she was um, a spokesperson. I remember growing up because I used to watch Wonder Woman, but in reruns in the 80s. And she was at the time the spokesperson for Maybelline. So she was oh. always doing makeup commercials. So, like, and I actually have um, a VHS. She did um, was one of the first makeup tutorials ever, um, wow. which we think of as a modern concept on YouTube. Right. But no VHS. But no, it, th- there was makeup tutorials for decades because that was the golden age of VHS programming that yes. was made just for, just VHS. for VHS. Yes, yes, I love that. Stuff. So there's uh, Linda Carter, Secrets to the Perfect Makeup, where right. she does her full face, and it's all shot through a Vaseline lens. <laughs> there's like pink neon and fog, and she's in a gold lame jumpsuit, oh and she God. does her entire eyeshadow with a sponge tip applicator, and it look ends up looking great. It's amazing, amazing. It's so good. See, so yeah, I've always equated Linda Carter and Wonder Woman go hand in hand, but I also always think of her in the makeup world as well. So sure. I love, um, yeah, she's such a true beauty. Face shocking, yeah. body shocking. Yeah. I mean, literally a freak of nature. Debbie Harry's a freak of nature too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, when the, when the band started, shit. wasn't she almost 40? She was like thir- mid 30s. Mid 30s. Yeah. 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 I think that's why she ended up like, so kind of fame didn't really like get to her head or didn't like she didn't yeah. ruin didn't ruin her she didn't implode um and they had all the challenges a band could have too totally that documentary from uh, 15 around the time the of bbc the, one yeah the rock around the time of the rock and roll hall of fame yes when she oh has red God. hair yes yes it's incredible. that used to be on youtube and it's gone i know it's crazy i have a copy of it so oh, i great. can send it to you oh, it's, it it's one of the best That's, i know it's such a great documentary yeah it covers all of it i love um when she says that one of someone at the record label or, or if it was her manager or someone at the record label was like always carry a hundred dollar bill on you because if someone offers you a line you always want to look chic yeah 
<laughs> and like you don't want to have a five or a one. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Always just carry a hundred dollar bill just just to do, for that. Derails. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That was record label advice in the seventies. And then also right, and then and also they would just give people yeah coke all the time. Golden days. <laughs> the golden days. Well, I mean. It definitely had a resurgence in New York. I mean, it was like, a, you know, giving someone a tic-tac. Uh, right. People would just be like, you want a bump? A bump? A bump? I'm sure that we could keep talking forever. I know. I, I've had so much fun with you. I, so Me would too. you like to do another show sometime? Oh my God, for sure. We have to do one of those like movie screening Yeah, things. yeah. And we can do a movie club episode. Yes. I'd love that. That would be wonderful. And we'll do, yeah, we'll do the movie screening and I'm all that so stuff. so down. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about that we didn't on this uh, chapter? No, I think we cut it all in, right? Yeah, so you I think, think we so. covered a, like I think we covered a fair amount of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. So. And anything else we we'll talk about next time? Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for <laughs> My joining God, me. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Goodbye, internet. It was real. <laughs>